Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Grania was very, very focused on living. So the concept of her dying, she just couldn't get her head around. You know, why would you when you're a 40-year-old woman yeah. and with two young kids? She did actually write some notes before she died, and one of them it was written for Ella's communion. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrog. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all, and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. On this week's episode, um, I speak to John Fitzsimons. John was widowed in December 2016, right before Christmas. There's never a good time Mm. to be widowed or widowered, I should say. But a few days before Christmas, when you've young kids, must be Mm. inexplicably hard. John's wife, Gronia, had had skin cancer. And just before Christmas, he had to tell his two kids, Jack and Ella, that their mum had passed away the Mm. day before. I wasn't here for the recording of this episode. And in a way, I was actually kind of glad the way that it worked out because I think that you and John from what you've told me yeah. there's a connection there you guys relate to each other in a way that people who've been through this experience who have young children only mm. you guys can really fully well, understand actually interesting because we met doing the late late well, a couple of months ago now, <laughs> and you're right there is something and along with Kalesh uh, mm. from widow.ie who was also one of our first guests actually on the podcast there's something horrendous about telling your child that it's like being in a movie scene mm. that you're te- that you sit and watch and you cry out and go oh my god isn't that awful but then I think in my life it's probably the I'm getting all teary now thinking about it but it probably was for me the worst thing I've ever had to do because I'll never forget each three of their Face. reactions mm. when I told them that um, Martin had died and even though Felix was with me in the hospital, mm. I'll never forget his reaction and I'll never forget telling the two younger ones um, that their daddy had died mm. and basically wasn't coming back. So I think that is something. And I think um, with John, it's interesting because they're, they're, you know, you're doing your grief and you're trying to get through each day. But then that comes secondary to how your kids mm. are getting on every day. Everybody says the minute your child is born, you know, worry like you've never <laughs> known before. But there's a type of worry then about looking after bereaved kids mm. because they're going through so much that any of us who are bereaved as an adult 
we've some sort of understanding of it, but there's no way that a six year old can possibly mm. process what they're going through. So that worry is heightened every day. You're sort of going, am I going to get a call from the school? Is one of them going to have like freak out over something? Yeah. And ultimately, will they be OK? And did you and John feel that you guys were learning from each other in terms of talking about how it's worked for both of you? Yeah, yeah. I found him quite, um, he gave me a lot of hope because it seems that while obviously still very upset about his wife, he seems sort of to be getting to a better place and his kids seem to be Mm. in quite a good place. But interestingly as well, like we talked a bit about like the weekends and the long weekends Mm. and how Monday becomes the new Friday because the weekends are really long Mm. when you're on your own, no matter how busy you are, no matter how much stuff you've planned, you can't take what's going on in your head, out of your head. And I think particularly the bank holiday weekends are particularly bad because it would have been family time. Of course. I can't wait to hear it. At 7.15am on Thursday, December 22nd in 2016, John Fitzsimons had to do the most difficult thing I believe anybody probably ever has to do and that is to tell his two kids Jack and Ella that their mum had died the night before. She'd battled cancer for a long time. Now over the three years since Grony's death John has spoken out about telling his kids and life since Grony's passing. He's talked about how they remember their mum and also the Curious and various different ways that grief can manifest itself for bereaved kids. First of all, John, thanks for coming in and talking to us. Because I know, especially when it comes to kids, it's sort of, it is a very difficult thing to do to talk about their feelings quite publicly because they are their feelings. Um, Before we get to that, can we go back to the 22nd of December in 2016? Yeah, so... Gronya actually died late in the afternoon the day before, uh, Wednesday the 21st. And uh, I suppose the first thing that comes into your mind is I need to let the kids know it was about 5.15 in the afternoon. And uh, my counsellor, my now counsellor, um, psychotherapist was there at the time, uh, coincidentally, and she was saying, don't be silly, just wait. You know, mm. um, if you rush home now to tell them, they'll only let be up all night. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was really super advice. So I did. My brother had them at the time and he brought them home and put them to bed and, you know, they slept pretty soundly. So then, yeah, when they got up, I went into my daughter's bedroom and sat on the floor. I remember it was uh, obviously the middle of winter um, just the day after the winter mm. solstice, so very dark outside. And uh, I sat down with her and we were chatting away and then her brother came in and, uh, yeah, I just basically told them that um, their mum had passed away mm. the day before. Well, actually, I should correct myself. I said their mum had died before because, you know, again, with kids, you need to be quite direct in the language. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was expecting tears and <clears throat> tantrums and all sorts mm. of uh, misbehaviour, but actually they were they were fine um, and they were fine because I'd kept them in the loop, you know, and that I was incredibly well advised over the past couple of months uh, about how to do that. And, um yeah, they took it in their stride. And, mm. uh, you know, I remember saying to them, so like, listen, you can have a day off school today, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a, got to be up yeah. there with the best excuses yeah. for a day off school. Or you can go to school if you want. Yeah. And they said, no, no, we want to go to school. Mm. So after, you know, an hour or two later, after they went to school, which is, you know, pretty kind of phenomenal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of weird how kids do accept 
that sort of news and I don't know if they actually really accepted at that time I think it's further down the line because I remember when I told my two younger kids I mean there was tears and there was one of them asked who's going to be my daddy and the next question was can we go and play the Wii now so it's sort of this weird sort of way that kids have of I think accepting that sort of news in the run up to this Mm. um, I mean Christmas which is what it was which is like possibly the worst time yeah if if there is ever a worse time but Grunia had been sick for a while yeah, yeah, she was sick for about 10 years, but it was since the summer, um, about July that year, that it really started to, to, to spread and snowball. It was kind of funny with the kids as well, because she was in the hospice for about the last month in Harrow's Cross, and the kids had come in, and but over the previous few days, and she started to decline the weekend before, the kids kind of came into the room, but they also kind of wanted to leave the room, so the, the, mm. the woman almost that was lying on the bed wasn't really the mum that they knew, and... and you know, uh, had all their their positive memories from. So it's kind of interesting that almost they had nearly checked out a little bit, you know, a few days before. Is that because, do you think, she was already in the hospice and it was sort of, they were probably getting in their heads used to the fact that this was going to happen without them knowing it maybe yeah I think so like kids are just incredibly perceptive I mean they pick up on everything certainly Mm. my ones do so like you know they knew what was going on they could sense it from all these adults around all Mm. looking sad and worried and um yeah, the fact, obviously, she was in hospice. And and I told them, you know, I mean, they, they asked a couple of months before, uh, was Gronje going to die? And, you know, I said, yes, she is going to die. When she dies, I don't know. And I kept them in the loop all, mm. the, all the while as well. So it stopped them overthinking, I suppose, what may happen by just telling them the truth. And I think they identified that the truth was the truth. So they, you know, they mm. kind of almost were OK with that. Mm. That's quite a divisive, I suppose, issue, whether you tell kids you know, particularly with cancer, because with cancer, there's no real timeline. You don't know. It mm. could be five years. It could be five months. You don't know what the the exact timeline will be. So if you've younger kids, you might go decide not to say anything mm. till they're a little bit older. And then you might run out of time to tell them. How did you decide to do that? Well, it kinda, when in the process. Yeah, it kind of it kind of came it came upon me one day. We were down. I used to my previous job. I travelled to Africa quite a bit, and I normally try and bring something back to stick up in the house. And I had this picture that I wanted to get framed. And we were in this picture framers, and the the lady behind the desk was saying, "Oh, what a beautiful print!" And you know, where'd you get that? And I was in Kenya, and she was saying, "Oh, my auntie was in Kenya for decades." <laughs> Do you know her? And yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. And then she said, "Yeah, but yeah. unfortunately, two years ago, she died of cancer." Mm. And Ella, of course, heard the cancer word and was on it like a flash you know going you know will mommy die of cancer mm. and like there's a time and a place and that wasn't the time and the place no. in the shop but <laughs> when I got them back in the car mm. and you know the car is a great place to talk to kids because they can't escape and it's non face to face so I did say listen do you remember when you were asking about that you know your, your mom and I said yeah she will die from cancer when she dies I don't know mm. so you know they were pretty clear but then as you say you know Jack I remember like two seconds later was like oh there's a bus yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that something they'd grown up with knowing that like you never had to do the sit down conversation that Gronya had cancer this is what it was was that just something that just wove itself into life into their life she was actually in pretty good health up until the summer so Mm. she was in and out of hospital more as a day patient at the time so we didn't 
give them that much information at that time. But yeah. since the summer when it was clear this was getting pretty serious. It was time. Yeah, then it was time to have those conversations. Yeah. So that's something you would recommend to Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, I talked to counsellors and they say that, you know, they're dealing with patients from decades ago that, mm. you know, were in back in the day, you know, years ago in Ireland, of course, kids were like, you know, they didn't get to go to funerals and they were excluded mm. from the whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, they're still holding that kind of trauma and carrying yeah. that trauma, you know, so... For me, yeah, absolutely strongly advise keep kids in the loop because they know what's going on anyway. Mm. So you're only yeah, stopping them do. from overthinking. And hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. I suppose the worry is, especially with younger kids, they don't have the capacity to Mm. understand what it is, Mm. and you don't want to give them that extra sort of worry in their heads when they're worried Mm. about other things that aren't Mm. really a big deal but for them are a big deal so I suppose there's always that concern of should you tell them should you Mm. not yeah I mean as parents you know our innate kind of sense is to take care of our kids and to protect our kids and like it was actually quite difficult for Gronya in particular to do this because um, you know she was dealing with her own kind of realisations that her life was was coming to the end and it is counterintuitive you know in the sense that you tell them they're going to be in pain so you're actually inflicting pain on them but it Mm. ultimately over the totality or the whole thing that it's Mm. it's the best certainly from my experience it's the best way to do it Yeah I mean I think probably down the line when it does happen it reduces not the impact but perhaps the shock of it or the, the, you know, how have they been? Because we've talked a little bit in other episodes about kids when the grief actually hits them and it sort of becomes clear that daddy or mummy isn't coming back and how it manifests itself in different ways. How have they been? How have you Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're mainly fine. Like, yeah. you know, I do feel a bit for my son. Jack was four at the time. So, you know, in years to come, I don't think he'll have memories of his mum. I think he'll mm. just probably too young. 
and you know there's a you know there's, there's, there was a lovely balance obviously in the home in terms of a girl and boy and a mother and a mm. father so you know it's a bit more difficult I suppose in a lot of families where you have uh, male and male <laughs> probably yeah. and female and female <laughs> or so, one male one female three males <laughs> yeah well maybe yeah. that's good yeah. um, so mm. I think sometimes he struggles with it all a little bit but you know they're both very busy kids they've loads going on um, you know and they're doing really well they're you know doing well in school they've loads of friends you know they're they're fit mm. active healthy but it's something of course they'll carry I was listening yeah. to your episode where the lady you know her mother died 20 years ago and yeah, she yeah, was still talking about it yeah. yeah like it was kind of you know a, a week or two ago I'm yeah. very conscious that they will carry this um, for forever I guess and perhaps if and when they become parents themselves yeah, that yeah. seems to be a massive all sorts big of triggers yeah I mean turning point for a lot of people yeah you know? my daughter's first communion now is on Saturday week you know so I mean that's a, a big day a big day for yeah. her she's been building up to that but it's actually fine like she's going to get her hair done in the morning and I said do you want one of my sisters you know one of her aunties to go yeah. with her and she's like no I want you to go you know and, uh, and you're delighted very lucky. I am because yeah. like it's like doing her hair and stuff like yeah. that in the morning you know what I mean I get to do these things that probably 95% of fathers don't get to do so yeah. I'm I'm very conscious there's a very special bond there but I think she'll be conscious of it on the day but it certainly won't let her ruin yeah. the day or anything you know like a day like that obviously is a big day it's a family day mm. it's a day where I often find that it's very obvious that person is missing how do you navigate that and will you handle that with the kids when obviously there's that space yeah, I mean, you know, no different to any other day mm. in a lot of ways. Um, the good thing is Gronya's family will be around and my family will be around. So there'll be lots of family. I mean, we re- we remember Gronya all the time. She did actually write some notes before she died. And one of them, she was hoping to write them into cards, but couldn't quite get that far. Um, so I know one of them w- was written for Ellis Communion. Um, so, yeah, I'll have to dig that out and, and share that. So, you know, she'll wow. be kind of present I suppose in some way mm. but yeah I'm just to very much get on with it you know what I mean like not dwell on it yeah or you know we overtly. don't really have much choice yeah exactly yeah kids. but talk about like you just saying about the cards and like letters and yeah I mean that was obviously something that Grown had a chance to do which was nice and yeah it was, it was very nice complicated though because Grown was very very focused on living um, so mm. the concept of her dying she just couldn't get her head around as you know, why would you when you're a 40 year old woman yeah. with two young kids? I remember like the Saturday before she died on the Wednesday and the Saturday before the hospice rang me in the morning to say things are going downhill and we're talking days. And I was on my way in anyway. So when I went in, I told her they rang and uh, what they said. And she just looked at me like as if I had three heads. You mm. know what I mean? Like, what do you mean I'm going to die? Yeah. So um, it was it was it was very complicated. And I'm. I'm kind of the opposite in terms of my mentality. I'm kind of a planner and a thinker and stuff like that. So I yeah. needed to prepare myself. Um, yeah. so and you don't always get that cancer either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of limbo that goes on where it's like it's this, it's that, or there's so much uncertainty yeah. surrounding it. So yeah, is, it was difficult. So I did broach these things with Gronia about would you like to leave notes or is there anything from kind of a legacy perspective you should like? She did take out the laptop at one point and started to write some messages with the, and I was buying cards for him to, her to write yeah. them, but she couldn't quite take herself to the point of writing them into the cards. That must you know? be just an incredibly difficult thing because yeah. we didn't get to that point yeah. where there would be cards, even mm. though sort of little messages were left inconspicuously. It sort of, 
must be just to go to a shop and buy cards mm. for your wife mm. to write notes to her kids. Mm. Yeah, How crazy. did you walk into that shop and walk out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, you know, I mean, you just yeah. do this stuff and um, you don't really think about it too much. It's a bit like after you're you're a little bit on autopilot. Yeah, um, you just keep going. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you're certainly in the run up and after you're in this bubble and you have, I don't know if it's adrenaline or what it is, but you just keep going. And then eventually that kind of wears away. I don't know how long it takes to mm. wear away, but and then kind of reality seeps the into your hits. life. Yeah. 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 Day to day life. I mean, I know we did the Late Late Show together and we both actually talked about weekends. Yeah. And how the whole shift where you couldn't wait normally yeah. to the Friday evening and I remember like Martin died on a Sunday and I remember the Friday evening I'd just done a 50 hour week and I couldn't wait to get home mm. and have the biggest glass of wine ever mm. and I was practically running home just because mm. it was Friday and now on a Friday it's changed you have this sort of almost sense of dread not because you're on your own and you've got kids but it's just because it's not the weekend it used to be it's not family time it's mm. not how has that changed for you? Yeah, I call it Monday's the new Friday. Mm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and when you're solo parenting for the weekend as yeah. well. Now I have loads of help and support yeah. and loads tough. of cousins yeah. and stuff. I need to be ready for the weekend before yeah. I use the weekend to kind of recoup and recover yeah. my energies now. Yeah. <laughs> By Monday I'm wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the time when you don't have your partner basically mm. because during the week we were both working the kids were off doing their thing and you know it was busy and uh, we'd see each other in mornings and evenings but um the weekend was when you did the family stuff and i have a great wider family that we still do loads of stuff with them but i just find if it's the it's three of us same, it's hard yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it is yeah even with them it's the same for holidays i've yeah. gone a bit crazy i was out visiting friends in australia last year so i thought i could kind of buy my way out but of you this sort of, <laughs> but you sort of you do do that i mean i noticed yeah. this year i've had more holidays this year <laughs> than i've had in about five years because yeah. it's almost like this sort of oh it's easter we go away because yeah. it's almost like running away. Exactly. It's like not having to deal with yeah. the sort of day to day, not even the planning. Oh, we'll go and see such and such or we do this, this, that. It's almost like if we go away somewhere, they'll be distracted and they'll be happy and we will get through that week. Yeah. Which is an awful way in one way to look at your time. Yeah. Off, but, but it's a bit like that. Whatever works, I guess. And if it does even you know, yeah. push you further down the track, then so be it. But yeah, it's tough. Uh, weekends, evenings. I mean, Back you know, holidays. they're yeah. lonely times. Yeah, I remember looking into the last bank holiday weekend and I thought, actually, I have nothing on, kids had stuff on. And I was yeah. kind of almost dreading it going, yeah. you know, three what days. Do? Don't get me wrong. I, I love my kids and stuff, but it's not three that, days. Though. It's like they can be on. as busy as anything. But yeah. this is innate sort of loneliness I suppose yeah. at the back of your head it is yeah we were talking to a lady about miscarriage and um, how everyone focuses on the women and nobody asks the guy how they're feeling and how they are and that got onto a further conversation about whether it's more difficult for men to express their feelings of grief than it is for women because women just tend to chat more mm. have you found like your male friends you know, is that something that perhaps as a society we need to work on? Yeah, I think it's really hard for widowers. I remember when Grania was around, like every evening she'd be on the phone to her mother or her friend. She'd be on mm. the phone all the time. And I know this yeah. is all generalizations. Yeah, but it is. So well, you know, well, I obviously <laughs> yeah. have family friends and stuff, but I engage with them in a different way. Mm. Um, 
So, yeah, I think it's really tough for widowers. The loneliness, I think, in particular is really tough because a lot of us are probably in some ways more dependent on our partners than maybe vice versa mm. or maybe vice versa in a different way. And again, like everybody, you find out who probably has higher level of emotional intelligence, basically, because there's some friends I have that have really and family that really come up in my estimation. Yeah, from people have this. surprised you. People yeah. have surprised me. And then there's others that have kind of fallen away or struggled themselves probably to find them meaningful way to mm. communicate with me um so it's 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 tough i met like a couple of other widowers shortly after Garonia passed away at a hospice thing and we've kind of subsequently gone out to mm. set up because you've set up a group a group yeah, yeah a whatsapp group and nothing uh, like another whatsapp nothing group. like <laughs> another whatsapp group so yeah we've about 10 widowers and yeah. we meet up about every month or so okay. every four or six weeks and most of the time it's kind of for coffee and stuff but on occasion it's going out for a few pints yeah and i think we all get loads from it we're all at different stages um we're all at different scenarios of course mm. um but it's really interesting to have. Uh, it's very weird to think, you know, that, that all these widowers kind of meeting up. You know, it's a very. Yeah. It might be a very female thing to do again if that's a generalization, yeah. as in to go for coffee or you know. But I think it's such a, a different situation. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like is, it's yeah. even. I mean, it took it took me a very long time to call myself a wife or call my husband my husband because I don't like generalized terms. Mm. So I would never think of myself as a widow. Yeah. But like that's what I am. Yeah. I think because you're in a separate entity to so many of your friends who haven't gone through maybe such close grief yeah. like they may have lost obviously people to them but just that absolute close grief that you sort of you're in a different club you're in a different space and I think you gravitate towards people yeah oh yeah we, we who are in a similar it. situation yeah. yeah we all yeah. get it and it's weird because after a couple of months and just meeting up with a few of these guys for a couple of times mm. I felt like wow I feel like I know these guys for you know but that's 10 what it years. is but it is it's like yeah. it's a different conversation yeah. I think sometimes as well or I feel conscious of like I don't want to bore the tears of people either yeah, that know, yeah like yeah. you don't want to go and just even though you're not but I think it's sort of a, just a separate thing where you can be a little bit more freer I think with your conversation because they yeah. know exactly what you're yeah, going yeah I find through. with the widowers is you can kind of go to places that mm. you can't go to or other mm. friends don't feel comfortable going to like I remember at one point we were kind of joking and laughing about funerals and stuff like that you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like any of my yeah. friends would dare yeah. go no I know there, it's you know like it's, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. just completely yeah. horrified that they're going to you know upset me but yeah. yet we had kind of a great laugh about it you yeah. know and, and yeah I suppose we're all at different stages but in terms of you know, how we're getting on solo parenting mm. our future lives work you know future partners all that sort yeah. of stuff and we do have very frank conversations which is which is nice which, you know? and sometimes it's needed yeah. as well like if you're yeah. feeling that extra bit down or a bit sort yeah. of uncertain and is that something that you develop into maybe a website or something because I know with Colette we yeah. talked as well with widow.ie and that's proved very helpful for widows as a yeah. as a space to go no, I'm not going to register with a word <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean like you were saying earlier mm. I don't want to be here and I don't want to be a widower mm. um, and I'm kind of conscious of that that was the thing holding me back a little bit from going on the Late Late Show mm. is I don't want to become the widower spokesperson you know yeah. um, it's not something I want and I, I don't want it now so to be honest with you like the whole idea with the WhatsApp group is it's kind of an open group and people will join and people will fall off and that's actually kind of good it would be yeah. nice if you just kept rolling along mm. um, and I don't yeah I don't in a way to get too big either because mm. you kind of lose that connection 
um, and friendship, I suppose, that you build with people. Yeah. I mean, just to have that is something I think yeah. that's important and sort of you really want to have to be there. Uh, you just mentioned there about one of the things you discuss is uh, future relationships. Yeah. And that's something that we haven't really touched on at all, because I think it's such it's a tricky one. We've talked about it with people off the air it's actually right. we've had some interesting conversations about where people are at and how they navigate I suppose the the, the moving forward mm. as to because I, I don't really believe you move on I think mm. you move forward is that something that you would consider is that something that down the line do you feel that people would sort of be judgmental mm. if that was something you considered yeah, I mean, I don't really care about people being judgmental mm. because I'm the one living my life. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's something I'm very conscious of. And the statistics apparently for widowers like meeting new partners is like, you know, three or four times as quick as widows, mm. you know, because of what we talked about earlier. I think the loneliness is more acute yeah. as, a, as a widower. Mm. Um, I guess the challenge is and one of the big issues with grief is you don't know where you are with grief. So, like, you know, I know where I am. I know where I was. I know mm. I'm not where I was a year or two ago, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long to look back and say, actually, you know what? It was in year three or whenever yeah. that I kind of I suppose yeah. moved to a better place. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I, I don't want to live my life as a solo parent, single, yeah. sad widower. Um, I mean, I've loads of interests and family, friends mm. do loads of stuff in my life. But I even aside from that, I want to have live a, your life. I want to yeah. have a special person in my life, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, for many reasons. Um, so at the right time, uh, I, I'm I'm open to that. I mean, I have dabbled uh, kind of, you know, a little bit of dating and, you know, mm. sometimes you need to do that to maybe find out a little bit of where you're at um, mm. already. Um, so we'll see. I mean, every everything finds its course, right? <laughs> it in does. terms of, yeah. you know, it might be too soon. Who mm. knows? Well, um, I suppose that's something you don't know until you're exactly. Yeah. At, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, I'm sure loads of people have said to you, well, sure, you're still young. Oh, I see. Well, I see. Yeah, You're I get, only I get, young. You know, that helpful I get, phrase. Especially after yeah. the Late Late Show. So is there a queue of ladies, you know, <laughs> yeah, queuing yeah. up? And, you know, uh, I had this, yeah. you know, pretty soon after Grania died a, as well. <laughs> there's a few online comments as well. So, um, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. waiting to find where this queue is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, yeah. it's funny, Ella actually, um, my daughter mentioned it, you know, a month or two ago about kind of almost hinting at me I should get myself a, a girlfriend or something that again yeah. I think going back to speaking earlier about how tuned in they are yeah. is that she knows I've probably been sad and mm. you know she can sense I'm a bit lonely and while it would be very weird probably for her um, I think she knows that I probably need to find someone in time mm. as well she mm. did then go on to give me a list of about 40 things that <laughs> I think you were about to say about 40 mothers from the school <laughs> the, la- the last of which God love her was she can't have cancer oh god okay um, yeah, yeah. No, to say that actually that reminds me when after Martin died I had to get no pair because he did a lot of the childcare and it was sort of like when I, I was sort of going through a list of who to get and I was sort of so because I have three boys so maybe I'll get a manny like a, a guy au pair <laughs> and um, my eldest son turned around and said oh, I don't think that's a good idea and I was <laughs> like but why because that's perfect because he can you know do all the sporty stuff and blah blah oh no people get the wrong impression <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like that was knocked on the head I was like well, and of course that hadn't even crossed my mind yeah um, 
it's a very hard thing, I think, um, to talk about, particularly kids and grief and their feelings. And it's sort of like at times when I do it, I feel like I'm sort of invading mm. their space. So I really appreciate you coming in and talking about that. And I think, you know, f- for people listening who might be in the same situation, um, your advice to be open and yeah. direct and yeah. keep them in the loop. Um, yeah. And if I suppose if you're worried about how to approach it with them, maybe get advice. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's like I was really well advised. Mm. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, and it was only through advice from ARC cancer support and then the hospice that I actually got some really good advice that's really yeah it's really held them in good stead I think since so I'd really strongly recommend it um, to keep those channels of communication and even now I'd be attentive to when they mention Gronia, I try and read when yeah. they want to talk about it as opposed to me just blabbing on. And what they're really saying. Because yeah. I find as well, something might come out or it'll be getting really upset about a charger not working as we yeah. had the other day. What actually it was nothing about the charger yeah. not working. And yeah. I suppose it's, it's another thing to add to the list of sort of single parenting of brief kids is the reading between the lines and maybe if they're slightly younger what they're really trying to say yeah absolutely I'm doing a coaching course at the moment and they talk about the inner environment and the outer environment so you know I've all these clients that come to me with these business problems business mm. in, in quotes and they're all outer environment but actually you know it's like that they're the charger and the actual real issue is whatever you know yeah. but it's, it's under the bonnet if you like and mm. um, it's hard as a parent as well when you're tired and having an off day yeah having yeah. an off day and it's all the like mm. you spill your coffee and you're cursing and raging on it but actually you know it's not the coffee <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah it's the yeah. whatever it is that triggered something yeah. inside that's that's having it but yeah. yeah I think that's the trick is to try and figure out what's going on inside and yeah I guess keep those lines of communications mm. open like in the next week now I will talk to Ella about her communion and specifically about what impact it's having on her that her mum isn't there and you know maybe she'll say mm. nothing or maybe she'll yeah. open up or maybe we'll tweak something on the day so it's about kind of trying to keep those channels of communication open mm. I guess in my limited experience yeah well you sound like you're doing a good job well, I don't know if you were in my house last night at nine o'clock and my <laughs> oh, son wouldn't go to bed. <laughs> I'd be arrested at this stage. Uh, John, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you Venetia. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 